0: Hey, crew, this is Mark Hatmaker coming to you from the Comancheria. Today, let's discuss, is it possible to train for bravery? Uh, and uh, more specifically, is it possible to improve inc- our bravery, our courageousness via some indigenous way, specifically counting coup? And uh, I think the answer is probably going to be a deep-seated yes. Now, I'm going to offer you a little bit of a preamble here. Uh, uh, we're going to be discussing the, the concept of counting coup, and I want to say that this has been and is one of the – most important, useful, and successful drivers of my own Marshall approach in the past decade, decade and a half. Uh, and it has paid even larger dividends in everyday life. And that's quite a claim, right? And you might be going, how hell how, how does this something work for both Marshall and everyday life? Well, let's cover a bit of historical and contextual territory, and we'll, we'll get back to that. First off, accounting coup. And that word coup is spelled C-O-U. And if uh, you'd like a text version of everything we're discussing today, I'll put the, a link here at the uh, in the, this podcast link. here. You can go in there and take a look at that, some of the information. I mean, it's the same information, but often you'll find out that whenever between the written word and spoken word, I riff back and forth on them in case you just like to double down your punishment of what I've got to yak about. Now, to count coup in American frontier indigenous cultures was to execute a deed of bravery. It's actually a bit more than that, because we we all, every culture, values brave acts of others and we swell our own spirits when we behave bravely ourselves. Well, in indigenous cultures, acts of bravery deserve recognition, just as they do with us in all cultures, but a slight difference may be found in the indigenous evaluation of bravery in which the bravery estimation is tiered by deliberate risk levels. Let me give you an example to drive home this point. Behaving bravery in battle is valued by all cultures, right? Okay, no arguments. Another tier of battlefield bravery is performing while in the face of greater odds than usual. Now this is a common concept to all martial cultures, and it's often these acts or performances in the face of greater than standard odds that we issue medals and commendations, right? So, so far, nothing alien has been breached. Now, where we begin to see the unfamiliar rear its head in comparison with with indigenous culture is the counting coup concept. By the way, coup was or is a borrow from the French meaning a blow or a strike. It refers to what the early French mountain men and voyageurs uh, uh, witnessed amongst many warrior tribes they encountered. Often, these warriors would enter enemy territory with no intention to kill. Sometimes there was the intention, but merely to strike or often merely to touch an enemy with either a bare hand or a coup stick the intention again sometimes to kill but often it was not to wound or to incapacitate but to demonstrate a willful Fearlessness, to often to cross open ground, facing something down, someone down, sometimes many down, to get there and show, I fear you not, and even then, not even to take them out, to you know, leave, and knowing that they could very well pursue. And sometimes there's other variations of coup where it is definitely meaning to uh, touch first before you move into killing, because there definitely would be some killing in battle, but sometimes it was before you got to the kill to prove that I'm not even going to move in for the quick kill, prove that I, I, I don't want to incapacitate you first. And then sometimes if these were stealth coup, that was the the act of actually moving in through an en- enemy's uh, encampment and moving and stealing and coming back with as many items as you can to, to prove uh, proof of merit. And also these uh, accounting of coup, you could not uh, it just wasn't on, here's Say. There was actually counsels afterwards. It had to be witnessed. It had to be backed up. It had to be asserted. Uh, it had to be verified. So there's just no, I can't just leave and go out and say, guess what I did? I did a really super duper brave thing, man, and everyone takes my word for it. No, it has to be verified. And to not count coup, uh, <laughs> well, you were uh, you were mocked. You were reviled. You were considered less than. So there was a good deal of uh, incentive to count coup. Now, If uh, we get to think about this, if one is able to approach undetected or at times in full view of the enemy and perform an act of such recklessness, this coup was valued above mere standard battlefield performance. Now, we get the counting aspect of this phrase, counting coup, from the fact that multiple instances of these fearless displays was actively sought. See, there was no one and done about it. They didn't go, well, I'm going to get this one Congressional Medal of Honor, and I'm, I'm out of here. And then, again, this is not devaluing that whatsoever. We're just trying to get an idea across of what was going on with a counting coup concept. To count many coup was to have demonstrated bravery again and again. Whenever we see uh, headdresses with many feathers, often eagle feathers, as it was uh, for some tribes the only ones you could use for counting coup. Other tribes was different, but there's a language of feathers, and each one represented a variation of what one had accomplished. So whenever we see someone just throwing on a ceremonial headdress now, or just you know grabbing some, throwing some feathers in, that's very much like the stolen valor concept of throwing some medals on yourself and walking around your local mall, and uh, you know trying to pretend to be something you're not. The same thing would be occurring if you try to bestow yourself with coo feathers and you're going you're, you're being something that you're not the counting concept is very important because it means that you actively pursued again and again and again. Again, there's no one and done about it. To uh, quote it in a discussion with a good man in the Black Box Brotherhood, uh, Matthew Heffron, I mean, it was a great point. He says, uh, it's easy to become blindsided by the uh, been there, done that, got the t-shirt kind of stop. Many of us in our particular culture, and I've been guilty of that myself, you step away, you go, you want to go caving? Yeah, I've, been, I've done that before. Well, all, all caves are different. All experiences are different. It's like, you know, rafting a river. Every That river, I can go down the river once, wait an hour and go back up and go down again. The flow is different. It's always going to be different. And so that would be counting coup. You continually return to something to constantly test the bravery, test the valor of the self, just to uh, have done something once and then step away. That is completely alien to the counting coup concept we're talking about, which we're deeply embedded in these warrior cultures. We also got to keep in mind that coup was handicapped. That means the bravery of coup also differs from our standard evaluation in that it valued deliberately compounded danger. Okay, now that is the modern concept of being, let's say, for example, a sniper delivering death from afar. Now, while that's absolutely battle-useful, this would not be considered coup-worthy as risk was reduced. Indian archers who killed many uh, killed, m- killed many in battle were considered the same way. Useful, but unless or until they had risked coup, it was simply not on par in the Valor hierarchy. Close personal contact was c- required for coup. There are many accounts of uh, Plains warriors who realized the... Uh, if there wasn 't going to be open warfare in the battle, it was considered uninteresting. Uh, that was uh, some of the problems with the crook and the, the cavalry trying to find them that just fade away it 's gone. There has to be something really risky. Uh, before the battle would ensue. We know this is not necessarily tactical worthy, but we're talking, again, the embedding of what this bravery concept was. A uh, Finnish historian of indigenous peoples, uh, Pekka Himalayan, does a great job of talking about how many of these battles were just faded away. and It was completely perplexing to the Anglo mind. He says, why are they fighting here but not here, not here? And it's simply having to get an under- your head wrapped around the value of the battle. Sometimes it wasn't the tactical, strategic aspect. is it what it was? the battle was going to give to the spirit. It's a completely different way to think about things. Now, we keep in mind, coup ha- uh, handicapping uh, did not just stop with close personal contact. Uh, risking coup also required giving up equalizers. That is, if one had a sidearm, it meant surrendering it to count coup, leave it behind. If one possessed a bone-shield breastplate, it meant relieving yourself of it, perhaps even stripping to the breech cloud or even to nothing. Uh, to present to once so just you war paint and everything dangling while you're just screaming and yelling and running across that field of battle counting coup says the closer you get and the less you require well that's the braver the warrior there is more props given to you that spirit burgeons and you have to imagine if you do survive <laughs> performing something like this we've all done something hopefully all of us of things that you have tested your spirit and you know how you come out the other end of that and you're not the same person anymore the bigger the risk the more <clears throat> you've got to it so imagine it Deliberately, you know, what's stripping down. I mean, it could just be stripping ourselves of some gear. I'm not talking necessarily, you know, as running out there, Starkers, of course, I'm not even against that, but it just creates a different breed of cat. All right? Now, this deliberately stripped down version of bravery is where we begin to see this bifurcation from our current conceptualization of courage. The long distance warrior was useful but not elevated. This is quite a bit different from how we envision our icons of valor today with state-of-the-art gear and undreamt of long-range prowess. With all this said, we ad- may admire the sheer bravado of county coup, but we must also recognize that this embedded warrior ethos led, in part, to the subjugation of many indigenous people. The occasional laying down of more effective long-distance arsenal, that'd be lever-action rifles, repeating rifles artillery, to deliberately choose non-lethal up close and personal. Well, this is simply a scruple that Angles, uh, Anglos never indulged. Counting coup was admired by all, but it was practiced one-sidedly. Now, keep in mind, counting coup is no way to win a war, but it may be a method to build better warriors. Now, you might be thinking, that's a bit of a contradiction, isn't it? Stay with me. The value of counting coup to warriors, personal warriors, that's me and you. Counting coup could be non-lethal, but could also be decidedly lethal. Consider this. Entry an enemy encampment at night. Strip down to steal horses or supplies, to sabotage provender and and water, to cut throats, etc. Performing such acts repeatedly, because counting coup means multiple acts, always returning to it. This requires many instances, many acts, uh, experiments in the laboratory of the battlefield. Not once. Many times, going as many times as you can to prove that's who you are. Sprinting towards an enemy across open ground, twisting and turning to evade incoming, stripped bare to lay hands on and dispose of in a sudden brutal manner, and living to pass along this these tactical lessons. Warriors who have repeated exposure to stealth and ambush tactics via deliberate use of a stripped-down arsenal. This may be of low utility in modern warfare scenarios, but think about it, to the everyday personal warrior that is you and me without recourse to fight. Fire teams and jacked up high-tech gear The lessons and skills learned and passed along by these stripped-down warriors is of utmost utility. So keep in mind, it may not be useful for the fire team, but for me and you in everyday life, uh, it's it's the ultimate. Nowhere else have I encountered such hands-on, useful personal protection strategy and tactics, all called uh, from the historical record, records uh, culled from ex- repeated exposure to the stripped-down laboratory of County Coup. Now, where many tactics begin with advantage on one's side, counting coup begins with little to no advantage and burgeons from there. So, again, that sounds very much like what we're striving for in our self-protection arsenal. If really, if we got down to it, we want to make sure that all advantage was on our side. We just walk out around with an AR-15 strapped to us all the time. But we don't live that way, so you're walking around at a so-called disadvantage, so you're walking around with a deliberate counting coup. In m- many cases, they would be walking around with less What survives and thrives in this vacuum of reality is mana to the individual, me and you, who will never have the opportunity of choosing the time, place, or manner of our possible, but hopefully never, encounter with the enemy. Now, FYI, much of our black box weapons material, much of our black box weapons material comes from the Annals of County Coup. We learn more from those who used less and survived than the dual patterns of the like-armed. So in other words, rather than running through uh, the Zumbrata, nothing against it, or any many of the other uh, fencing patterns, which are two people like-armed using the exact same weapons and same distance, just f- focusing on the two. Counting Coup doesn't sees this. It's just an alien concept to them. Uh, you have to face things with less and sometimes to none to really up what you've got. So I black bot subscribers of boot campers who've been exposed, for example, to the emotional intensity of planes. Knife work. Know of what I speak. This is a different breed of cat altogether. If you've been there, you're nodding your head. You go, mm-hmm, I know exactly what you're talking about. If You haven't experienced it. It's 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 hard to conjure. Now to embrace Counting Coup uh, without us actually being you know, embedded within the tribe. Counting Coup sidesteps and hurdles past the Anglo question of bravery. Many uh, of us live the life of Henry Fleming, who is the protagonist of Stephen Crane's novel The Red Badge of Courage, where one endlessly wonders if one is brave or not. You know, We live in the timid ambivalence of that uncertainty. Many of us will never know unless or until we are presented with an opportunity to demonstrate if our legs will carry us towards danger or away. I mean, we have to admit that's what often what the, it is to be a red-blooded human uh, being, uh, a, a stalwart, uh, a hopefully stalwart male and female of the world. We we want to know: are we brave or not? But we never know until we can't answer that question to, until it happens. Counting coup never has that doubt. Is is a practice of go. Counting coup does not rest on laurels. We may have been brave in the past. Will we be again? Counting coup does not entertain this question either. The count portion of the question not merely asks but requires us to continually step up to the valor of bravery, honor plate, and exercise our spirits again and again and again. I was polite once. I don't have to be again. I was brave once. I don't have to be again. That's just alien. We must continuously expose ourselves to these uh, opportunities to display what we claim to have. Counting coup recognizes, like all exercises, all practice, that a skill, a muscle, is made stronger by the use of it. We wouldn't bench press one day and say, ta-da, look at me, I'm jacked, good to go. Our bravery, once, good to go. Now, declaring oneself brave or assuming one is brave, yet never behaving as such? Well, the Roman proverb comes to mind. I won't butcher the Latin, but the proverb is, hidden valor is as bad as cowardice. Now, that might be a bit far, but in a sense, to possess something that you don't use. I mean, what does that say? That's a vacuum. then, Then you perhaps may not possess it at all. Now let's get on to uh, the value of counting to, to everyone. We already see that we probably, in our in our training, we definitely do that in black box. We want to strip our material down as much as possible, remove all the filigrees from it, the ornamentation, and get down to brass tacks and see if it works. And then often when we're doing our weapons training, we want to make sure that we're not using, we want to be versus something that is more powerful than ourselves to really hone our wep- uh, weaponry. Because if we're using like versus like, we'll have a tendency to look at this as an equalization. It's a 50-50 prospect, where instead of going, I need to do unarmed versus armed. If I'm doing armed versus armed, I need to make sure that my armature is less than at that particular moment, so it really keeps you on that razor's edge to hone some skills through. But in everyday life, there's still some aspects of counting coup to us. Uh, Even if personal protection is not on your interest list, counting coup can still hold value for you. The deliberate choice to attack a problem or experience with less resources renders the sole Rewards that optimized, app-driven, potion-fed assist simply do not. Now, uh, to make sure you follow what I'm saying here, this is where I said it's been perhaps this concept of counting coup has been one of the most useful, both in the martial since the past decade and a half for me, but also in everyday life. Now, I offer the following prompts as a start for scalable coup counting in everyday life. Let's say you got something as simple as a date night coming up with your preferred one. I mean, why necessarily have a plan? You know, why defer entertaining one another via someone else's efforts? That is, you know, why go to the movie and let them, you know, someone that you've never met before in Hollywood, tell the story for you with scripted tales? I mean, your own stories. Get together, see if you can still talk to each other. But yeah, go make your own stories, and you'll go. You know, get out there and do something, have a new experience. I mean, the science says, the soul says, and you know in your own hearts, the more things that you would actually do together, that kind of boost the adrenaline, the better off you're all going to be for. I mean, we can all. Yeah, it's great to sit there in the IMAX and watch the high flying as someone else in the cockpit of Tom Cruise's Maverick, which is thrilling. Or you guys can just simply climb your highest building and lean over the edge. I'm not saying step out on the ledge. Just lean over a little bit and feel that. You can enjoy the edge. This may not be as thrilling as what the pilots in the film experience, but it's still more thrilling than a comfy earthbound theater seat. Your experience will be higher than a sheltered chair sitter. Say if you're uh, losing weight or you're in a conditioning program, do you require potions? Every piece of gear in the world, do you require shakes and creatine and supplements to succeed, naps and, and timers to go off? Or can you achieve your results via stripped down, grit, determination, and discipline? Co, ask us to strip down and do the best we can with what we got. Don't wait for stuff. Just remember, it's a philosophy is an ethos of go. We've got to ask ourselves how many algorithms make a choice for us. How many tour packages designed for efficiency and enjoyment of the lowest common denominator to uh, equal happiness for the coup counter? That is Y-O-U. Get off, you've got to get off that beaten path. you got to test yourself. How many leashes or tethers keep us linked to the fire team's support of technology? Can we find that destination without GPS? Can you cook a meal without HelloFresh? Can you meet new people without an app? How many exploits must wait until we have the right gear, the right partner, the right Whatever. Thing is, strip down and go. And not just once, not just twice. Your whole life you're trying to accrue as many feathers as you can. How much of our everyday lives can be stripped down excursions into non-lethal but soul-building burgeonings of the spirit? Now, to my judgment, warriorship is not only made better by counting coup, it requires counting coup. Everyday life warriors may not require counting coup, but they're far richer for it. Now, let me end by saying may we all be ready to count coup for ourselves via practice and not mere readers or listeners of others doing things. Let's, uh, the valor math, let us do it for ourselves. Let's get out there and count some stuff. Let's kick ass and take some names, crew. Take care of yourself.